One of the things that we found out in our research is that women's olfactory bulbs are 43 times the size of men's. So women experience whiskey differently than men do. And we have, we prefer more nuanced, complex flavors. We like higher proofs. And, you know, so that, that was the impetus for us doing the study for women and whiskey and just asking women what they liked, because there is that kind of scientific difference. But that's why we want our cocktails to just, it invites you from the moment you pick it up. Hello, and welcome to Get Carried Away. I am your host, Carrie Murray, and joining me today are founders, Sheila Jackson and Natasha McCray, the wonderful whiskey brand called Jackson McCray. I'm very excited to get carried away with them. We've had very few female-founded cocktail company owners on the podcast. So this is going to be something new. We haven't really, we've had a lot of marketers and coaches and, and people that are like in strategy and branding, but this is really special. I wish I had some to taste live, but that's okay. Soon, very soon. (laughs) Very soon. We are collaborating on our next bra event, Cocktails and Conversation. So if you are in the Orange County, Los Angeles, San Diego area, you have to come join us to try this delicious whiskey and uh, get into some conversations with us. So welcome, both of you. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Now, first, my first question is always this, and Sheila, I'm going to ask you first, and then you, Natasha, is- If I would have met you at, at 11 years old and I would have asked you what you wanted to be when you grew up, would you have said the founder of a whiskey brand? I had probably just started sneaking whiskey out of my father's liquor cabinet <laughs> around 11. I don't know, but I think <laughs> I can say it now because I'm older. But I know I would have said, I think at 11, it would have been fashion model. Ooh. I was really like into ballet and modeling and had probably had about five or six years of ballet by then and was really into modeling and that sort of thing. And that was the first career path I was really into. That's that's incredible. I love that. Natasha, how about you? What would have 11-year-old you said? 11-year-old me would have said an Olympic athlete, specifically the hurdles. Oh, yeah. I was all up in track. Junior Olympics, the whole nine. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yep. And then I fell into modeling. So it's funny, <laughs> Sheila. <laughs> you know, I just recently saw, well, I think it was like a, not German, a Bulgarian team. They were like at a um, a meet, a track field, track and field meet. And their team was going to be disqualified because their hurdler had gotten injured. And so mm. the one, the woman who does the shot put ran the race. And I mean, ran. <laughs> You have to find, I'm going to find this video you see, and she's shoulders, right? Hips. Like you yeah. can tell you've got that arm to throw a shot put, but you see her just kind of go, let me get over this. Oh yeah. That's a different muscle group. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Most everyone I know ran away from that. They never would have leaned into that at all. But yeah. the fact that she leaned into that, she's a boss. Yeah. Didn't <laughs> want to get her team disqualified. So mm-hmm. clearly she didn't win the race. But she, she participated to keep it <laughs> eligible. I'll have to send it to you. It's it's. I think they're colleges or universities. It's a great That's video. Great. great video of inspiration. Well, I love to hear that. I also wanted to be, I really wanted to be Paula Abdul's backup dancer when I was like 11 or 12. I really thought I could. I could tap dance. Nice. I was like, 
I could do it. <laughs> but alas. Anything is possible. I believe it's that. True. It's true. It's very true. Now, how did you two meet? We met at Sundance Film Festival. Yeah. Ah, okay. What were you doing there? We're both in entertainment. My husband and I had decided to go and check out the latest films and network. And I bumped into Sheila. <laughs> yeah, I was there with actually a couple of her mutual friends. And, you know, I had gone with a group hashtag sensational six back in 2016 we were trending it was about six of us that went together who were all in you know various stages of you know producing and writing and we're just up there hanging out and we just clicked we just automatically clicked and when we came back to got back to los angeles we we kind of you know hey great meeting you kind of thing but it wasn't until maybe a year, year and a half later that we really started hanging out. And I had gotten, I had a real interest in getting into the wine or spirits industry and had started dabbling in the wine side of things. And I saw that Natasha had a Wednesday wind down because she's also a coach to high power women. And she was doing a Wednesday wind down. And I was like, she needs some, you know, she needs her own wine. She needs to come into this business I'm in. And I called her and said, you know, this is like really high end wine, 90 point, 100 point wines. You're working with, you know, executive level women and big, you know, founders and CEOs. This will be great. And she came into the wine business and, you know, I let Natasha pick up the story from there, but she came into the wine business (laughs) and fast forward, what, four years later? Yeah, fast forward four years. I was performing my one woman show. It was in September, 2020. And there was no one in the audience, just me and the stage managers, but we were televising all over the world. And I knew I, when I finished, I was like, this was a little anticlimactic. I must celebrate. And so I was looking to see what restaurants had outdoor seating on my way home. And I'm driving down Highland and I see Mozart and they have tables set out. And I was like, I'm going to go and have a celebratory dinner. And so I went and I called Sheila and I was like, I'm around the corner. You want to come have, you know, dinner with me? It's outside. And I had ordered an old fashioned right before she got there because me and my husband test bartenders by ordering old fashions. Uh And, (laughs) and when she got there, she was floored that I actually loved whiskey and I had ordered an old fashioned and that was the beginning. Yeah, And then we've been hanging out all this time and never knew because we were always on the wine on yeah. the wine tip, you know, for things, doing wine events and that sort of thing. But it was amazing. And it speaks a lot. We think it speaks a lot to the culture yep. around whiskey, which we are totally here to disrupt. We're totally here. Yeah. For. And it is typically, you know, you don't see a lot of marketing towards women with whiskey and everything. Mm-hmm. So when you saw her having that old fashioned first, what did you order? I ordered an old fashioned. <laughs> an old fashioned? Like, one too. Yeah. I was like, I love whiskey. I can't believe it. I was, I was, that was the first thing I said. I love whiskey. I can't believe, you know, that I didn't know you love whiskey. Yeah. That's such a key thing. And that, you know, as the conversation went on, I said, you know, I've been thinking about starting a whiskey brand because I have I been like, dabbling with the wine, not even dabbling. I have was completely immersed in the wine. Yeah, you were immersed. I still am. I'm still all the way <laughs> in the pool with the wine. Me too. I had decided I didn't, yeah, I didn't want to have, I didn't want to own a vineyard. I didn't want to pursue a wine brand. I knew that. And I'm still involved with another vineyard and enjoy that, but it wasn't thing I wanted to do. And the more we talked about whiskey and 
the opportunity to disrupt, I think, was very attractive to both of us. That's our personality. And we felt like we could, you know, do more good trouble on the whiskey side of things than the wine side, because whiskey is a male dominated industry. Women have been erased from the narrative, you know, and, you know, 78 percent of the marketing features men, you know, yeah. not even being spoken to. And women have been drinking whiskey. It's not like news. A lot of women drink whiskey. Women love whiskey. Yeah, we knew we had to do something different. And that's why we decided to enter the market in this beautiful way that we're doing it, which feels so good and authentic to us. (laughs) Love that. Now, when you were just starting out, I mean, you're in the pandemic now. So, you know, September 2020, and then Mm -hmm. sometime later, you're now building a brand during the pandemic. What was kind of like your strategy to work together? Like, how did you guys meet? Were you all masked up? Like, how diligent are did that kind of we're well, both, it started? We're both a little OCD with that. Yeah, and, I did come with my alcohol and, uh, spray to Moza, but yeah, yeah, she did come with her alcohol spray. But we we did Zoom. We decided to meet every Thursday. We we're both very busy women. I was running my personal development company because I'm a life coach, and I knew that I had minimal time. And so when we first started, we decided we would just clock it in every Thursday, we would get together and we spent time brainstorming. And then we did a course called start and scale. And we ended up just breaking down all of the nuances of what we wanted our brand to look like, who we wanted to serve. And so that looked like every Thursday on zoom. That's how we, we did it for the first what year, maybe. Yeah. For about a year. And then once we started really getting into the research and finding out the things we did about women and whiskey and the nuances and how we prefer to have a different kind of flavor profile that women tend to prefer and that sort of thing, we decided to do our own women and whiskey survey. So we started kind of a deeper research phase and it kind of went in stages. And what happened was organically, those meetings became longer meetings. And then it was like, oh, shoot, we need to meet two times a week. Oh, we need to meet maybe three times a week. And, you know, so as it got more project-based, you know, we started meeting more often. And then once we got into, you know, hit a point where we got into the Techstars Business Accelerator. That became full-time. Yeah, that became full-time for sure. Full-time and then some. But it, it has been ramping up over the last three years, but it's been a very, I like it because it's been a very kind of consistent, you know, cadence to what we've done. And we've just organically picked up this, the speed as we needed to. And as we yeah. wanted to, as we discover more, because then we went through and said, now we need to find our contract distillers. We want somebody in California let's look in Northern and Southern California. And we made a short list and, you know, decide narrowed it down to two we wanted to interview and took the drives and talked to people and it's just been a long it's been a it's been a great journey and it's amazing that it seems does it seem fast or long to you it's interesting it seems like I blinked and then it's happened but then when I go back and look at the time stamp of certain things or the date of when we first spoke to our distiller and then it I I'm flabbergasted. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's it's been a long time. We've done a (laughs) lot of work and it's been, it seems like it's been a long time for me. I was telling someone the other day, I feel like when you're pregnant and you're in that, that last, you know, couple of weeks and you're just like, come on already. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So 
When you're looking for anybody that's listening right now, that's thinking about starting a wine or whiskey or tequila, or because you, I mean, you can't in LA, you can't swing a handbag without knocking down somebody who has a tequila company, especially in the Valley, right? Everybody's got a tequila brand. How, like, what was like your first inclination? Like, were you like, do we hire a coach? Do we look into tasting different whiskeys? Do we look for a partnership? Like, what was your process to figure out, okay, we need to do this first. Yeah. We immediately started Google University. <laughs> we, we, have to, we have to see what we like, what we kind of wanted it to taste like. But we did decide that what we did, we asked women what they wanted and we sought out to create a whiskey based on the flavor profiles that women, you know, shared. What did they, what, what was the most common flavor profile they shared? What was something interesting you found in that? Caramel, vanilla. Oh. Smoke and spice were the ones. And that they the wanted elements. it rich, like to drink it neat also. Oh, mm-hmm. we really wanted to create something that's smooth that you can, you know, drink and not have a burn behind it, you know. Yeah. yeah. But um, market research, everybody. Always yeah. I always say that Google is your friend. Like if there's something you want to start and you have no clue, it there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to Google something or get on YouTube and look for something. It was very limited amount of information about how to strategically start a whiskey brand, but there were a lot of nuggets here and there that we Mm -hmm. could grasp. And then in our search for our contract distiller, we stumbled upon a contract distiller who couldn't service the volume that we wanted. And he just turned into our mentor. Our first mentor, yeah. Which is ask him anything. He would just ramble up the information. He's like, call me anytime, cell phone and all. Yeah. So that was a big deal for us. And when you find those people, that's that's so crucial because the wine and spirits and well spirits in particular, you know, you can probably get a a guidebook on how to start a wine, you know, oh, yeah. wine label. But spirits, it's like it's like a secret club, a secret society or something. There's like no, mm-hmm. there's no handbook on it. There's no YouTube videos. There's no blow by blow articles. And it's really about connecting, as you know, connecting with other women who are doing it, which is very limited. But there's, you know, I join Women of the Vine and Spirits, which has been a great source of information and contacts. Mm-hmm. Everybody's very open and sharing when you can find those communities that are open to sharing information. And like Natasha said, just making the phone calls and calling people, you know, as part of Techstars, we we were challenged to interview 12 people who founded spirits companies. And we gained so much, even if it was a craft beer you know, distillery and not whiskey. We just learned so much and so many unique things that we couldn't find, you know, any other way. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. I completely agree. And I think a lot of answers people seek are within community, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like, find your community, find your people to talk to and like raw network. Like the brown network. Into yeah, the commercial. That's right. <laughs> but and that's please, key, uh, for, key for entrepreneurship, you know, it can be a very kind of isolating space. And it's very important to build community to find your tribe of people who are, they don't have to be doing the exact kind of business you're doing necessarily, but people who understand that entrepreneurial journey, that founder journey. Yeah. Especially when you're in these spaces, did you find yourself as the only women there? A lot. We weren't necessarily in the spaces at first. We were in our bubbles. Yeah. 
And then we sought out spaces where women were in whiskey. We connected with the Women Who Whiskey chapters in our area with the president of the LA chapter who also hosts other whiskey events. And we really started trying to working to connect with other women who were in whiskey has been one approach. But we have, I have, I can't say I found myself in a lot of male spaces because I don't, I haven't engaged those spaces as much. Yeah. We're creating our own space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're a little older in the sense of been there, done that. And so now I look at life and how can I create it the way I want it to look like, you know, we're Shonda Rhymesing our, our uh, whiskey business. (laughs) (laughs) As a writer, I love that. (laughs) And you're going to have a great story. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, just full of people we want to see. I love that. I love that. And so as you're getting ready, you're crafting the cocktails, you're figuring out the flavor, like how many versions, how many times did you have to be, this needs a little bit more spice. This needs a little bit more honey. How many different iterations were there before you got what's in the bottle today? Well, the the cocktail and the whiskey itself, two different things. So with the distiller, he sent, he did samples based on the flavor profile we gave him. And we got how many samples? 12? 12 at first. 12 the first, the first time. batch was 12. Yeah. Then we narrowed it down to maybe two. Six or nine. Yeah. We narrowed it down to We narrowed down to two. We our kind of focus group. And we had our two favorites. And we took yeah. it to like a focus group of women and got some input with one man. And <laughs> then, then we gave notes on that. And then we got six. Mm-hmm. And we picked one from there. And I can't remember if we tweaked that a little more. I think we did tweak that one a little more. Yeah, just after a little. that. But we just went back and forth with notes with our distiller, and he really did a, a awesome job of really hearing, you know, what we were saying and coming up with the tweaks to get the flavor we wanted. But the I'll let Natasha tell you about the top cocktails. The cocktails are fun because we both feel like we're you know low key mixologists. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm 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 a foodie, low key mixologist, and I like putting mm-hmm. things together that might not normally be, you know you might not normally see. And so I've had a lot of fun finding ingredients to put in cocktails that just feel elevated. Give me an example. (laughs) And special. Mm -hmm. So we have a JM 100, which was our very first cocktail that we did because of our social impact advisory. And on our very first meeting we had, we had a take on the French 75, which was whiskey and rose simple syrup and lemon. And then you top it with sparkling. And we used a women-owned sparkling brand, which was fabulous. And lavender. lavender, Fresh lavender. You top that one with the garnish is fresh lavender sprinkles. (laughs) And yeah. And then the second one is our game changer. And that is cassis, passion fruit, whiskey, and lemonade. Mm -hmm. And it is beautiful. It's absolutely and 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 lavender bitters. We we love lavender. I think we like our lavender. We like our lavender. Calm. We have some (laughs) other bitters we're exploring too. I have some things I'm coming up with, but I want to add to that and say that one of the things that we really seek to do with our with the cocktails that we're developing is we want it to be something that has some really amazing aromatics so that as soon as you pick up the glass you're like ooh, you know yeah i want to try this what is this Mm because one of the things that we found out in our research 
is that women's olfactory bulbs are 43 times the size of men's. So women experience whiskey differently than men do. And we have, we prefer more nuanced, complex flavors. We like higher proofs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that, that was the impetus for us doing the study for women and whiskey and just asking women what they liked, because there is that kind of scientific difference. But that's why we want our cocktails to just, it invites you from the moment you pick it up, you know. Yeah, kind of I love that. And honestly, I don't drink anything until I smell it first. Yeah. I, yeah. Even like, yeah, coffee. I Let me smell it really quick. <laughs> but it's tr- it's so true. The nose kind of tastes it first mm-hmm. um, before you take your first sip. Well, I cannot wait to try these cocktails. Do you know which one you're going to have at Cocktails and Conversation? Have you decided yet? No, we have not decided yet. Oh, we'll just see you guys will have to come and find out for yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> what time of day is cocktails and conversation? 5 p.m. It's at okay. 5 p.m. Yeah. I think there may be something something in the works for that. Ooh, I'm excited to try yeah. it. Now, brass tacks. How did you fund it? Did you get a loan? Did you borrow from yourselves? You know, what did you friends and family? Did you venture capital? Like how were you starting to pay yourself before the whiskey? All, the above. All of the above. Okay. <laughs> I would say the first was we loaned the company funds from ourselves. And then second is crowdfunding and friends and family. And then third was a credit card. And fourth is getting into tech stars. So we have... We're a portfolio, Techstars portfolio company, and we got funding that way for us to go into production and do some operating and have operating expenses for a few months. And in Techstars, first, tell everyone who's listening what that is, because uh, some people might not know what that is. Tell us about that first. Techstars is one of the best excel- business accelerator programs in the world. And it's called Techstars and you're thinking whiskey, what? (laughs) So we got invited to be a part of Techstars. And I think we are their first spirits brand, Sheila. I can't remember. I feel like we've. Yeah. 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 We are. I know we're their first whiskey brand. Whiskey. Sort to be in in Techstars. Yeah. So what that, what they do is they give you funding as well as like a full-time accelerator program for three months. Gotcha. And you learned every everything you need to know about the startup world. Techstars, make sure it's covered. And yeah. it's beautiful. The support has been just priceless. And we came in, we were like excited about the funding. And then just to think about the network is what, yeah. I mean, that, that was network. crazy, right? The mentors, the the resources that we have access to, even you know, because of their relationships with other companies, with different mm. banks, with other you know software platforms that we may need, just all sorts of things that we just could never have imagined, you know, coming in on the front end. But yeah, we've gotten we've gone the whole full gamut just of building, you know, building slow, kind of bootstrapping it to being oh maybe we don't have to keep bootstrapping it. There's tech stars. Yeah. And it's been, like Natasha said, it's been invaluable. The value has been far beyond the financial investment, but the financial investment helped us get the start to be able to go into production. And because of the work we did on the front end, by the time we got into tech stars or invited into tech stars, 
we were ready to go into production. We were ready to just pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. Love time. that. That's a great, it's a great incubator program for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people when they're starting out, start with first, you know, pay, paying their own company. Maybe they have the savings account or something or a credit card or things like that. But I think it's always something that we don't really talk about a lot as women, you know, or just kind of like, I have a business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and we need to talk about the money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of different resource, different kinds of resources out there that are equity and non-equity. There's grants, of course, you know, yeah. and there's accelerators and incubators, you know, like we, it, Techstars is an accelerator. There are other programs that will incubate you and, and get you ready to, you know, get to a certain point. Right. And it's just a lot of, you know, it's all about the research and it's all about community and talking to people, just sharing, talking to people. sharing what you need, saying what you need, letting people know where, where you're at. We're, by the way, we're fundraising right now. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me yes. about that. Tell the people. <laughs> Put that out there. <laughs> Tell the people we are definitely fundraising. We're looking at, we're also looking at angel investors and angel syndicates. Cause sometimes when we first thought about, fundraising through Techstars, you might just, just think VC, you know, that, that higher end, but we're also looking at angel investors. So high net worth individuals, maybe women who want to invest in a women whiskey brand or people who love whiskey or people who want to support black women, you know, AKAs for Sheila, Mm -hmm. (laughs) entertainment people. So we are looking for individuals who are um, interested in that, but it's, it's been Interesting because we are not a software or SaaS type company. And usually that's where VCs look, you know, they look at yeah. those types of companies and it's not that they aren't out there. There are several VCs that are looking at CPG or spirits brands, but it's, you know, if you're looking at a hundred <laughs> VCs, there's a small percentage that are actually looking at consumer good products. So truly, yeah, mm-hmm. especially well, and women owned. And yes. black, black women owned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there are a lot on the other side of that coin of VCs and LPs that are specifically, specifically. looking for you. Yes. Yeah. And that's who we want to talk to. Yeah. yeah. And that's mm-hmm. how we met, you know, Catherine Gray. Mm-hmm. Um, she is specifically looking for women owned businesses to invest in. And I always have, you know, the six degrees of Catherine Gray because through her, I've met other. LPs and VCs that are also specifically looking for women owned or LGBT owned or minority mm-hmm. owned businesses. Mm-hmm. So they're out there and you're right. You just got to keep talking. You sure do. Yeah. Because that's what we've learned is meeting people. They're like, oh, you should talk to so-and-so. And we're like, thank you so much. And we would have yeah. not even known. I mean, they we might've got to that person, you know, months down the road when we just met them and they're connecting us with individuals who are in those categories. So it's been a blessing to be able to connect because I know as women, we have the knack for just get it done. And sometimes we put our heads down and we're not coming up for air. And so we're not really generally having conversations with other women. And so it's really important to, with people in general, have conversations and not be afraid to be vulnerable and say, I don't know. I had a coach once who told me there's magic in I don't know, because if you act like, you know, you'll never know. But if you say, I don't know, then you leave enriched, you leave knowing. And I've, that's definitely helped me in this process. Yeah. Yeah, I I think there's a lot of power in asking for help too. Mm -hmm. Like I need help. (laughs) That's how you get ahead. That's how you get it. 
done. You know, you have to be able to understand what your weaknesses are so you know what areas you need help in and to seek that help out. Because we went to San Francisco Tech Week and we also participated in a lot of the LA Tech Week events. And I have to tell you, going in, I was like, we're going to do that. San Francisco, you know, are people going to be interested in our brand? And it was interesting because, you know, so many people love whiskey and so many women love whiskey. People were really excited about our brand. And even if their company, you know, their investment firm didn't particularly invest in CPG or, you know, mm-hmm. or have an interest in us, they knew somebody that they want to refer us to, or mm-hmm. they knew somebody on the restaurant that needs to have your brand, or we've made so many contacts just by being in those spaces and, you know, being, being vocal. Yeah. I love that. So if somebody listening right now has a restaurant, they're looking for a whiskey brand, can they contact you and be like, Hey, I'd love to feature your whiskey in my restaurant. That's open. Absolutely. Jackson. <laughs> Jackson McCray whiskey.com. Love it. I love that so much. Now, if, Someone else is listening and if you could give them advice, you know, something to avoid or something to, you know, not to make the same mistake you did, what, what, what advice would you give to someone who's up and coming, who wants to start a spirits brand? I would tell them, (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm thinking, I would tell them to make sure that in their journey to where they want to be, that they enjoy where they are and take care of themselves because you are the most important piece to the puzzle. And if you are not taking care of yourself, then it's going to be really hard to move forward and get to the growth that you're looking for. And don't give up. Like if it's something that you truly want to do, continue to do it no matter what. There are different ways when one door, someone, I don't know if this was you, Sheila, like a door closes, the door opens up. That's what doors are supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> Sheila told me that. going to open up again. Yeah. I just get that somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. Cl- door closes, go through the window, but just reach out and open that door again, you know? So, yeah. and don't give up. Do not give up. Yeah. I, love that. I, love I that. think yeah. what I would say, the advice I would give is don't be afraid to innovate. And I give this advice specifically to women because when we come into male dominated spaces, that's our job is to do it differently. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. at least that's how I, I know Natasha and I see our job. And we, we want to do things differently. We don't want to do, we don't want to uphold the status quo because the status quo didn't see us. It didn't include us. So it's don't be afraid to innovate. And people will come to you and be like, oh, are women, are there enough women to buy whiskey? Are they going to, you know, it's like, you know, I won't even get into that, but you know, I'm just saying you will have your naysayers that are telling you, they want to uphold the status quo and this is the only way it can get done. And this is how it's done. This is what you should do. This is the path that's been set, but don't be afraid to chart a new path. Take it all in, get all the advice, keep what works for you and release the rest, but don't be afraid to do things differently. You know, make sure you have a, a strategy and a plan and continue to reach out to people who, who get what you want to build and who get your mission so that you have the, you know, kind of the the people behind you and that extra little oomph and power to get things done. But do not be afraid to innovate because that's what the world needs now. That's what so many industries need right now is innovation and yeah. doing things differently. And innovation is being your being who you are, yeah. you know, too, in addition to that, because like- that's the 
that's what makes you different. Like us starting a whiskey brand, it's it's us being who we are that makes this different. <laughs> Not us trying to come in and mimic another brand. Right, yeah. right. The, yeah. So the true authenticity uh, that you both possess that you probably got from having careers in entertainment. So you probably have a whole, we could do a whole other podcast on the things you've experienced in those careers yeah. of inequity yeah. and, and everything. Do you think some of that, you know, chutzpah and gumption you got from your experience in entertainment, do you think that helped fueled this brand, your tenacity behind it? I'm Mine. Done. Oh, go ahead. I'll let you uh, go. <laughs> I've done a lot of and I've worked in different industries. I started out working as a, as a therapist, a psychotherapist specialized in women's issues and have always been a writer along the way. I've been writing for, you know, over 20 years professionally. And I think that that has taken me into, you know, my, my work on the entertainment and really encompassed all of that, getting into writing commercials writing scripts, that sort of thing. But I worked a lot in the commercial and brand brand strategy side of things, helping people strategize with brands and brand storytelling. And I think all of that experience definitely is like a, Natasha and I always say, it's like one of these pregnant moments where everything we've done in the past, all of those skills we're pouring into Jackson McRae. Yeah. Because it is a brand. It's, we're not just making whiskey. We're starting a revolution. Is yeah. And it's going to take everything about us, you know, Natasha and all the work she's done, working with women, coaching women, all the work she does around self-care, which is a big part of our social impact strategy. We just bring it all into this business, which is why we're excited about it, because it's something we're bringing our whole selves to and expressing ourselves through in a lot of different levels and ways. But definitely the brand storytelling, brand strategy is really a lot of what I bring to this business from a skill set perspective and just a love for great whiskey. Yeah. I think my gumption came from just, I made so many decisions that didn't serve me growing up and as an early adulthood and finally going to therapy, (laughs) which I highly recommend to people. And going to therapy, discovering my own voice, because I had no boundaries years ago when I first started therapy, I didn't even know the definition of that word. And so the time that I put into personal development, finding myself, understanding myself, then starting a company that helps other women find themselves, and then continuing to never give up. Like I've started and failed, you know, in, in so many things and never giving up and finally, 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 finally finding success. I, I feel like all of those moments come into this moment, like what Sheila said, and there's no other option than to have this beautiful, successful brand. It's just, it just, I can't even see anything other than, than that. It's what's going down. It's It's going down. It's just what's going to happen. So everybody buckle up because that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, the revolution begins. Yes. Has begun. Has already... <laughs> wow. I love all of this. Um, now you two have been working together four years almost now. So as partners, mm-hmm. what's the thing that drives you crazy about the other one? <laughs> <laughs> Work style, someone always late, you know, like is someone always like jumping in the conversation? <laughs> or do you kind of have a good symbiotic relationship? 
I feel like we do. And the thing that Sheila and I have is it's hard to answer that just because we tend to nip things in the bud. Ah, so it's not great. this recurring, yeah. at least for me, you can tell her, Sheila, I know I jumped in. There might be something you holding on to, uh, but, but we generally use our voice. One of our values is fearless communication. So for me, speaking for myself, this is Natasha speaking, we tend to just nip things in the bud. We, we use our words, we adjust, we come back and talk about it. I mean, so, so it's, I'd have to think about that one. The the continued. Yeah. yeah, If something comes to mind immediately, then you've been holding on to something. (laughs) But it doesn't sound like it. Don't make a problem if there isn't a problem. (laughs) No, it's been, it's been, I mean, you know, we don't have a perfect, you know, it's not like everything is perfect. We Mm -hmm. never disagree or anything like that. But like she said, we just use our words and we get through it because we know, we both know we want to do this. We have a lot in common, and that's the great thing. We have a lot in common about how we approach the work and kind of our temperament, and we get each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I know when Natasha's at her end, it's like, okay, talk to you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and when we've had, because it's been challenging for us because we have our lives, we have other work that we're doing too, and, you know, the husband, I have to, you know, we've got other stuff going on at the same time. And sometimes that is a lot, you know, so we have, we give each other grace and, you know, just really try to check in with each other. And like Natasha said, use our words. And that's something I think is super important because when you're building a startup, nobody, ain't nobody got time for that. We don't have yeah. time for it. We know we want this business. We want to be focused on the business and not on undercurrents. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't use my words for the first 30 years of my life. I mean, I'm 50 now, but, and I'm, you know, still work in progress. So now I'm like, I learned how to use my words. I'm going to use them. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I think there's something power. I feel like once I hit about 40, Mm. I was, I really did like a, it was almost like a annual review of my friendships and I'd never given them an annual review. And I was just like, why am I still holding on to this one? Why am I like, I know I was in her wedding 22 years ago to a guy she's not even married to anymore. Like, why am I holding up to this <laughs> right? sucker of all my energy? But for some reason in my 20s, especially, I felt like I had to hold on to these relationships that weren't serving me. And there is, I feel like something powerful that comes. Was it around that age, around 40, when you guys kind of saw that too? Or was it like, I'm done. Like you always had this, that, that sense of like, I'm creating boundaries and sticking to it. It's been a long journey for me too, you know? And I think that I will say with 50 did come an ability to, to let things go better. You know, I, I was seeing it and not sure how to deal with it. I think in my forties and kind of clunking my way through how to deal with the letting go of friends. Cause there was a big like exodus of, yeah. I no longer that no longer served me in my 40s I'll say that and in my 50s I was better at identifying stuff faster and being willing and able to use my voice to say no or you know go the other way and now at 60 it just doesn't it's not even a blip on the radar so no can do I'm not even <laughs> dealing with that I'm telling you and you'll know when you, I didn't know that there would be another level Because I remember when I was younger and Oprah turned 50 and Oprah was 
talking about the beauty of turning 50 and all this freedom she felt, blah, 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 you know. And I was looking forward to that. And when I turned 50, I felt it and I knew it. But man, 60 is like some next level stuff. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, I like that. You got even more to look forward to. Yeah, because I didn't, you know, like no boundaries until 30, 30 to 40, (laughs) figuring it out, 40 something clicked. But as far as people are concerned, I've always kept my my circle kind of small. And if people weren't willing to be putting in the work of mental health and their own well-being, then I really yeah. don't want any part of it. I mean, not to sound crazy, but I'm like, yeah. you can't do it. You don't you have know? to be perfect, but at least be able to, <laughs> you know, look at yeah, I don't self-reflect yeah. <laughs> and, and adjust. But and I, I want, I do want to say for those listening to this that it's not about all of a sudden, you know, it's just switch flips and you're good. It's all a practice. You still have to oh, continue yeah. to do the work oh, because yeah. the issues come up over and over again and you just get better at dealing with it. But sometimes if you're triggered, you might not deal with it so well and you need a little help. Or you might need to call a therapist back or read that book again or whatever it is. But it's a it's a practice still. Mm-hmm. It's an ongoing practice of yeah, of awareness, right? Yeah. And awareness, yeah. for yourself. Yep. Wow. That's great advice. I love that. Now, really quick, before we get carried away, you mentioned that there's a social impact strategy within Jackson McRae. Tell me a little bit more about that. It's all about women. And I, I want to call, I'm looking for a different word for it because wellness, I feel is so overused. And I, I'm liking, and I don't know, we have to talk to our advisory, but I'm really digging the word wholeness. Oh, because it's about women and wholeness and being mm-hmm. able to, you know, Jackson McRae is about being seen and being able to bring your whole self to mm-hmm. an experience, being able to address your whole self in terms of yeah. self-care, wellness and joy. Um, like Natasha with her pre- coaching practice, it's about you You can have it all, but you're going to have to take care of yourself while yeah. you're doing all this stuff. You got to take care of yourself you know? and dele- delegate. Yeah. So it's <laughs> yes. about... It's our, our social impact strategy is really about women and self-care, you know, powerful women, women who are running families, running companies. And it's all about self-care because women have the highest rates of burnout and heart attacks, heart attacks, and heart attacks, you know, heart mm-hmm. disease. And that's a, and it's serious. It's a serious matter. And yeah. women, a lot of women have been raised to think that self-care is selfish. And we really, really want to create a, uh, just an atmosphere or a vibe and and a resource also, you know, for women to come to deeper understanding of self-care. And that's something that, you know, Natasha specializes in with her coaching practice that I'm excited that we're doing that she can contribute in that way. Yeah. yeah. Me too, because I'm still dealing with my self-care plan. I'm on here every week on my calendar. <laughs> Sometimes it happens, sometimes it don't, but it's happening more often than not now because now it's becoming a non-negotiable. Yeah. 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 So we have an advisory committee that we're bringing together 100 women and it's kind of selfish too, to know that we're walking in a room and know that a hundred powerful women are behind the scenes rooting us on. Yeah, I love that. We started it as our social impact advisory. Every year we'll do a retreat and lean women into de-stressing and leaning into wholeness. And it was also a fundraising for us because it's a one-time, you know, thousand dollar membership, but that was it. And we just knew women came together and 
became a part of this and it was a big deal. And they're, you know, pouring into us and our business and we get to pour back into them. So it feels really, really good to know That's that incredible. we have yeah. that powerful yeah. group of women. Well, with it's, us. it's You have that wisdom in the whiskey. Yeah. Um, yeah. And women all over the country, you know, is what wow. we're targeting and ultimately all over the world is the goal because yeah. the goal is, you know, we're getting ready now for our first annual retreat. And at this retreat, it'll be a lot of self-care day, kind of a spa day kind of thing, but it's also a working retreat to create our plan for our social impact for 2024. Mm-hmm. So that'll be the first kind of think tank kind of meeting while we have our cucumbers over our eyes and our towels wrapped around our head to come up <laughs> with the sound, the sound bath. We'll coming up with ideas for our, so how, what our social impact work is going to look like for 2024. So we're excited because we want to have the input of women from different areas that know about other events, other organizations that may benefit from our support. And yeah. That sort of thing. I love that. That's really, really smart also, because it also forces you two to slow down. Oh, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm good because it's, need any help slowing it's, down. it's always a journey. It's always a journey. However, I, I spent too many years with an overt anxiety, phantom illnesses, going to the yeah, ER is. with nothing, heart palpitations. I spent too many years of that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I kind of get on my yeah, soapbox a little bit. And I'm like, I, you know, y'all need some help. I'll help you out because I'm shutting it down, you know, it, and I kind of belligerently <laughs> kind of lean into my self-care, but it is all a journey. There are days where there is overwhelm, but I will, I have a big toolbox. I have a very large toolbox that I use. And I mean, just like in between meetings, I went and sat in my pool and put my feet in the water for 10 minutes, set the timer, 10 minutes. Didn't think I could need to do something else online, needed to send a couple of emails, but I went and sat in the water and set the timer 10 minutes. Yeah. And it was invigorating and rejuvenating and yeah. calmed my mind. And one thing I will say to share with folks is the work will be there. It sure will. <laughs> Doesn't It'll leave. be there when you get back from your, it will be there. Get back from your swim or whatever. It will still be there. Yeah. It will. <laughs> you have got to, got to take care of yourself because I'm learning that. The funny conversation we've been having is, A lot of my work over the last 15 years has been in production and production is very project oriented. It has a beginning, middle and end, Mm -hmm. and then it's over. And this is not that. (laughs) This is, we're just getting started. Yeah, you're still beginning. (laughs) And I was like having a moment about a month ago where I was like, oh my goodness, it's like, we're still going. And I don't see, I don't see a break in the future. And it's like, I have to create the break. It like dawned on me. I have to create the break. It's not going to organically happen. (laughs) Oh, now you're done with this. Now you can take two, because we thought we were going to do two weeks vacation after we (laughs) finished the next stars. Not, you know, and it's like revisioning what those breaks can look like. And like Natasha said, it may be 10 minutes or your feet in the pool. Like for me, it was. I did. I set my timer today. That's funny. You said that I set my timer because I had a meeting and I needed to relax before I left because I was all amped up and I did legs up the wall pose and alternate nostril breathing for 15 minutes. Love yes. that. I, I love that. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I'm getting better because I can't, I have to function. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you have to take care of yourself. And unfortunately, some, you know, like they say, you're going to be pushed by vision or pulled by pain. Some of us have to be pulled by pain and have that, you know, thing happen that forces you to address your, to address your wellness or address whatever issues you have that are interfering with your ability to work. But we just can't push ourselves to no end. I used to do that in my twenties and my thirties and my forties and my fifties. And like I said, I'm a former workaholic. I won't even say recovering. I'm going to say former workaholic because I have laid that thing to rest. Hmm. And you just can't. You can't do it and be healthy. I want to have fun. I want to enjoy my life. And I want to be, I want to feel good when it's time to have that vacation and Mm -hmm. not be so wiped out. I love all of this. Oh, this is incredible advice. And I didn't even think we would go down this path, but I'm so glad that we did. This is, there's wellness, wisdom. And holistic care and whiskey. Who knew? <laughs> Jackson McRae, what you were going to get. Um, thank you for this advice. It really is something that you're right. It is a practice, but it is something that we need to continually hear because we'll read the memes and we'll see the yeah. posts and everything. But when you hear it again, you're like, yes, I need to practice that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hearing you did a wall sit, I was like, oh, that sounds really good right now. I haven't done that in so long, but yep, definitely going to be tapping into that. I do I'll be doing that when we get off. And it took me a while to get good at meditation because my brain would not turn off. I'd be like, what do I need to get at Trader Joe's? And before I do this and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm still practicing meditation. I'll say, I wouldn't say I'm by any mean a master at it, but it's it does all help. practice. Yeah, it truly is. Now, before we wrap up here, I've kept you a little bit longer than usual, but we've got to get carried away. So I got to know two things from each of you that you are absolutely obsessed with right now. It could be something you've loved since you were a kid. Maybe it's something you recently discovered, a new tech tool, whatever you think it is. Natasha, I'm going to go to you first. What do you get I'm curious obs- about? I'm obsessed with my swimming pool. Oh, okay. <laughs> we moved from a tiny little townhouse. And you know what? My my townhouse was kind of large. My house is tiny, but my pool is big. So I'm obsessed with my swimming pool. And then I'm also obsessed with photography. That's been an obsession that's been with me for a while. And I will just see things and I'm obsessed with photography. Of people, of nature, of babies, what, what, or all? I would say of all, but I know for a fact, the thing that pops out right this moment is architecture, but also people doing people things. Like we were driving the other day and this guy opened up a big old truck to deliver something at 7-Eleven and he's standing in the doorway of the truck. It's hot outside. And this, you just started seeing the smoke of the cool air enveloping him. And I was like, (laughs) and I'm trying to get my phone and take a picture of him. It's I'm obsessed of that. I'm carried away. You get carried away. I highly recommend an Instagram account called Humans of New York. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. I've been following them for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. I get carried away. Look, who who are we looking at today? Yep. (laughs) Love it. I also love New York as a city. It's my favorite, one of my favorite places to go. So I love seeing it. Love that. All right, Sheila, you're up. What do you get carried away about? I think the thing that I get carried away with is a great story. I've been working a lot in development and I had even met with somebody today about a story. And I just love to, you know, my other side of my life is somebody coming to me and saying, I want to do a film about this person. Here's all their stuff. Can you find out some more stuff about them? And, you know, 
let's get this information and put together, does this look best as a narrative or a documentary or, you know, putting that story together from just some historical facts. I just love doing that. And I love, I've just been such a, I never thought I would be a history geek because I hated history in school because history is told in terms of the dates of wars and dates of treaties yeah. and not people's lives. Not and, stories. You know, and those are the stories that I love. So I think I'm really in a really geeked out space for that right now. And I don't know, what was the other question? The thing no, that, that was it. That was whatever that you was it. I thought that was okay. You were supposed to give me two, but yeah. one is fine. Storytelling, curiosity. I love that. Yeah, no, the next question is what can't you stand? Can't okay. stand it, but other people get are absolutely obsessed with it. Um, I'll give you an example. I really can't stand matcha tea. It tastes like grass clippings to me. Like it just tastes like dirt. I can't stand matcha. I don't know how anybody drinks it. Natasha, you're first. What's something you can't stand that people get carried away about? It's so funny that you asked this question. And I don't want to sound like I'm not playing. However, I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> I was about this. Like, what do I not care about people getting carried away? I coach women into getting carried away with life. And if it's not my thing, I literally don't consider that hard drive information. So I can't mm-hmm. even think about that. I mean, maybe people not being positive, but that doesn't really flow into the not carried away, carried away question. But I really don't, I'm at a place now where I, if, if you like it, I love it. And you have fun over there. I, if I think of one, I'm going to email it to you. Okay. I love that. (laughs) I'm having trouble thinking of one too, because I don't, I would even say, and it's funny when you said, we were talking about Game of Thrones earlier. That is one of those things that everybody's watching that I have just been like, yeah. I can even tried to watch it at a friend's house one day. And I'm like, you really got to look at something else. It was just like, (laughs) but it's one of those things that everybody loves that I could just do without. Yeah. I love that. No, it's true. I've actually had somebody, Natasha, say that before. They're like, I don't really have the bandwidth to, to have space in my brain for things I don't like. I don't either. I don't take the energy because it takes energy to say, I don't like something. And I just don't. I'm not bothered with it. I just no. don't even, it doesn't even come on the radar anymore. I love yeah. that. Well, I definitely need to come and dip my toe in your pool. It sounds Come on, girl. You're right around the corner. Try some whiskey. <laughs> well, it, thank you so much, both of you. This was a great, I held you over. I apologize, but I know my listeners are going to love this and tell us where they can find you, where they can find your whiskey, all the places, all the things. And if there's a restaurant tour listening, tell us where yes. we can find you. Reach out at us with jacksonmccray.com Jackson and whiskey.com And you can, you know, you can reach out. We're here for you. Yeah. I, we love y'all. I'm I'm on natashamccray.com M-C-C-R-E-A as well. But we would love for you to go to our website, reserve a bottle, get on our mailing list. And let's talk because we want to talk to those restaurateurs wow. listening. Absolutely. Yeah. And Jackson McCray will be available next month. So when you do reserve a bottle, that means we're going to notify you 48 hours in advance of it being available in yes. your area. So yeah. your first dibs 
first dibs. That's right. Uh, but do. if you, yeah, it is July of 2023. So if you're listening to this yes. in the future, it's May 2024. You can go now. Go get a bottle. Yes. Go now. Yes. Just go to jacksonmccraywhiskey.com and you'll be able get your to bottle. either get your bottle directly online or you'll see where it's available in your area. I love that. Thank you so much, ladies. And please, as always, follow Jackson McCray on Instagram, head to their website, get on their mailing list. I'm going to put all of this in the show notes. So if you're driving awesome. right now, don't, you know, pull over, pull over first before you pick up your phone, please, please like, and subscribe to the get carried away podcast and leave us a comment or a question. Thank you both for getting carried away. You guys were fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>